Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. On this BFC Live conversation, we connect with Alex and Tyler Rumi of Good Buds, a grower in Salt Spring Island, British Columbia, talking about their craft growing, how they grow, where they grow, and all things Good Buds. Tyler and Alex, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, I, I'm excited to have you guys because, uh, I mean, I like you guys. You're not my good buds yet, but uh, you are good buds together. And let's get this out of the way. You guys are two of the three good buds, but you are the brother's version of this. Yes? Correct. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tom is my older brother. He's the, uh, the original founder of the company. And then, yeah, I'm the, yeah here to help <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever it's, do whatever it's needed but but tyler you're you're actually in salt spring island growing cannabis yeah yeah absolutely the i came out here in 2017 uh really eager to to get get my grow on um especially here on salt spring island it's kind of the spot the spot the spot to be when you want to grow some some great sun-grown cannabis and yeah i've been really really fortunate to be out here and, and growing and living the dream well, uh, for a kid from Massachusetts who now lives on the shores of Lake Ontario, give me a paint a picture of what Salt Spring Island is like, because in my mind, it's like a perfect place. So you don't have to dispel that, but tell me about it and the climate. Yeah, my pleasure. So it's, uh, it's definitely like a very coastal climate, uh, rainforest, very temperate year round. Um, one of the more temperate places to grow up for sure in Canada, which is awesome. Uh, my uncle's vegetable garden goes year round we still pull things out in the winter which is just so cool for you know what we're used to back in uh ontario or some of the other provinces that get really fucking cold in the winter <laughs> like now yeah. yeah exactly so that's that's one of the best parts about it and then all the coastal features too um like you'll see orcas in the channel there's like mountain hikes there's just so much beautiful coast and beachfront and waterfront so it's a really uh really spectacular and, and special place that plus weed you are definitely trying to kill me uh with jealousy uh but but tell me about because because um tell me about what that means in terms of that, that what the climate does to the weed can you tell me like is there something special that happens because of all those things a terroir yeah. if you will yeah absolutely yeah so there's some there's definitely some action in the terroir that we've found like we grow all our cannabis even indoors in uh in living beds and using like organic inputs and we recycle those beds and we see how that changes the turf profile it changes the bud structure in ways that we really like and that um kind of continue to evolve and get better uh and additionally too with the with the climate here you get like a nice temperate perfect kind of weed temperature but with enough stress too with cooler nights and with some of the, like the the ocean breezes that you just get really really excellent uh turf profiles great trichome production and really nice sticky greasy dense buds yeah you're definitely trying to kill me all those words it's like, <laughs> like lighting up lighting up the brain uh, and and uh, alex you we know you um because we used to be in a shared workspace uh, in toronto i want to hear sort of the you know the, the idea from the, the inception to sort of market because as as we were talking before we came on um you're now in i'm i'm try, gonna try not to screw this up alberta bc ontario and manitoba right your products 
That's right. Yeah. So we um, also SASC. Um, so we actually started in um, right at the end of 2019 in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Uh, and then more recently, kind of second half of 2020, we just started entering into BC, Ontario and Manitoba. So yeah, we're kind of uh, from the West Coast all the way to Ontario now, uh, just kind of slowly doing the land and expand uh, approach to entering new markets, because as we grow, we're trying to, you know, reach more Canadians with uh, with our product. Well, I think you're. I think Canadians want your product, and let's let's stick with that because um, you guys made splashes and won awards around your concentrates. And it's not just the the flower, which is apparently amazing, but also the concentrates. Talk a little bit about that and what you saw in the market, how you approach that sort of vertical, and then sort of how it's been going in store. And Alex, you can start. For sure, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, we're super grateful. Uh, got won a uh, Kind Magazine Award for Concentrate of the Year uh, for 2020, which we're we're super grateful to the bud our bud tender friends because it's uh, it was like a bud tender um, voted uh, award. Um, so you know we really focus on the solventless concentrates. So we make a, a lot of hash and rosins. Um, you know we really focus much like our cultivation. It's organic solventless concentrates. Uh, we really you know, with anything like any concentrate, really, the quality in is quality out. So we, you know, use our small batch buds grown organically. Uh, we do we do try to release a lot of single stream like hashes and things that a lot of um, you know the Canadian market hasn't seen yet, or you know, at least not in volume. And so we, we try to keep it uh, a little bit more niche and a little bit more you know to that kind of more canisseur customer because we think you know, ultimately those are the people that are going to come back again and again, if they really like the experience. Yeah. And it is that part of the consumer sort of market that at least early days legalization was left out or ignored or wasn't coming in to buy products. And it's like, I, there's a lot of reasons why they weren't coming in, but I think the, the bottom line was they weren't finding the things you're talking about. And, and I want to ask you, Tyler, is that sort of how you approach it? Like we want to be, we want to serve people like us who like these things. And if we can sort of make that our target audience and find those people, be they Alberta, be they BC, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, that's our crew and we're gonna service that crew. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've, I've always found that like in the cannabis space, people like to get excited about hot new strains. They like to try new things. Um, they often like more customers than you'd imagine really do care about like the craft or about the details in the bud. and. That was something that we're really passionate too about here on site. Like everyone who works here, kind of top to bottom, like myself, um, our growers, our staff, we like trying our product. We like using our product. And that really pushes us to get something different to market so that when people try good buds, they, they remember us and we stand out and they remember they're like, hey, yeah, that wasn't just the person who got me high. That was the person who got me like high. And I remember, you know, because it was like a unique experience. I got to have a cool, you know, loud turp moment or like, I got to try a flavor that I've never been tried before in, in cannabis. And we, we put a lot of attention to it, to our jars of getting a really nice cure, a really nice bounce back that I think is something that was missing a little more in the, in the new market and the uh, LP market was people who were taking the time to just get weed right in a jar. So when the customer gets it, it's the way they used to get it where, because it was so fresh and you have to, wait for all the, the hoops to jump through, et cetera. It would have a nice bounce still. It wouldn't be over dried. You have to tear the butt apart as opposed to just pressing it and like crumbles to zombie dust, you know, like just <laughs> giving it that like nice 
like you, you feel it when you rip the part of bud it it's got like the density the stickiness the i'll call it like, the integrity you know of like a really great product yeah i actually hadn't thought about this until this very second as you're describing it so richly and colorfully is that i wonder if you know, can, cannabis is a new legal market, certainly, right? A lot of new people going into stores. But I wonder if those people going into stores asking for stuff, be they connoisseurs or really relatively newbies, have been trained almost from like craft beer. Like there was, you know, a long time where people just got the same crappy beer, then this whole sort of evolution and revolution around craft beer. Now they're like trained that they should want craft, but should want things that like tell a story, are beautiful to look at, smell, and therefore they want which I think is gross, but like the hoppiest IPA or whatever, right? Like, but, but are, like, but is, are they trained for that? And now they're coming even maybe for the first time in a cannabis store saying, what is special? Like they're already attuned to like wanting to know what is special. And that sort of feeds into what you guys are doing. Have you, is that sort of, is that, am I way wrong, Alex? No, I think you're you're dead on. It's uh, at least it's something that we're banking on. Um, you know, being more of a craft producer, we you know you see it in the alcohol industry where the craft breweries are slowly taking more and more market share from the you know the bigger co corporations who do produce that kind of consistent same you know Budweiser or what have you every single time. Uh, and we're really trying to kind of lead the charge on that front uh, for the Canadian cannabis market. Like we're really trying to to come up with those new experiences that people haven't tried before. Like if you try our Sapphire OG, it's going to be the dankest, stankiest cheese strain you've tried most likely. Uh, or like the mango taffy, it's like a really, you know, just whenever I walk into those grow rooms, it just stinks like a mango orchard, like just really hits you in the nose of that delicious kind of sweet mango flavor. And so uh, it's something that we really try to strive for is to get those unique flavors, those unique experiences like Tyler was mentioning. And I think um, you can really only do that on a craft scale because it's it's really hard to to scale, you know, um, the, the hand trim, the slow cure, like all these defining features that really make a strain unique and really make a bud unique uh, yeah. at the end of the day. So, yeah. Tyler, could you describe what the grow is actually like? Tell, like size, scale, like, yeah. Great, yeah, so they're basically slapped together two shipping containers and cut out a nice little uh, hole in the middle so that we could cram a third table in. But they're, they're small, they're probably like uh, 400 to 600 square feet. Our grow rooms, they've got three big fabric beds that are about four feet wide. Um, and when, once we've mixed our soil in there, that soil just chills. So we'll recycle it. After we've harvested uh, the plants from there, we shake off the root balls. Um, and plant right back in it again with a couple amendments and uh, and like different fixes. So it's a living soil bed, little mushrooms grow in our soil. Like there's a great biosphere that's like existing and living in our soil. Um, but besides that, it's like pretty chill and Spartan in there. You know, it's like a very, like very relaxed grow. It's small, it's like cozy. Um, and we just focus on like giving the plants what they want and really on using our, our small rooms and high turnovers to dial more unique strains. Because um, that, that's something I think like to your last comment about the interest in craft, I, I find with cannabis, there's a, an extra level where even if you really like something, you don't like it over and over and over again, the way you do with say cigarettes or the way you do with say uh, certain beer brands, like you said, where you're like, I drink Miller Lite, like that's my brand. In cannabis, I find people want something new and sometimes there's even like a, a physiological effect from it where if you smoke the same strain forever, 
it you don't get the same high out of it it doesn't get you going the same way that trying something new with some new terps a different entourage effect can kind of reinvigorate your experience so i think that that like uh almost that like more menu mentality where you're trying to freshen it up and oh what's new this week or like what's new this month what's new this year like trying different flavors is something in the cannabis space that's going to be a big differentiator from other uh similar products i've actually found the same thing with hot sauce that you can get get immune to it like it doesn't have the same effect or like you know the beautiful watery eyes like you just yeah. need to switch up which hot sauce you're using. Um, I, want to ask, I want to ask one more question uh, to Alex, and that is, um, you know, we are seeing not just in Ontario here, but in BC, less to a lesser extent in Alberta, but this huge ramp up of retail, right? Mm-hmm. And like acts like getting the word about Good Buds to retailers is absolutely mission critical, of course, and it's mm-hmm. getting more challenging, I would imagine, just as with more retailers. Like, what's your, when you go into a new retailer and you're like, here's what Good Buds is all about, what's the, like, what's the most compelling story you're giving to those bud tenders to share with uh, consumers? You know, it's a great question. Uh, it, it, and it is a challenge because we are quite, uh, you know, a small lean team. Uh, so we really focus in on the fact that, you know, we're a family run company, we're independent. Uh, we really, do focus on just the craft quality, uh, just growing that top shelf, like organic bud, uh, small batch. Um, we're just really leaning in on the fact that, you know, we're slow curing our CEO, Tyler, uh, who's on the site. He's there in those grow rooms, making sure the quality's top notch at all, at all times. And we won't release a batch if there's any issues with it. Um, and so we really just kind of lean in on that, that quality proposition because that's really, you know, uh, bud tenders, they're our greatest ally in the sense that a lot of them are also, you know, I guess chronic weed smokers or you know stoners themselves. And so uh, we really just try to, to, to lean in on that. The fact that we have the unique flavor profiles um, just to get them really excited for the product themselves, because we find that's the most effective way of getting them to, you know, give it a try, get a case in um, and then, you know, take it from there. And that we found that's been really effective. Just really leaning in on our, authentic brand story and how we do things because it is a little bit different from our comp- competition um it, it just really works well like just that kind of craft messaging well it's also super authentic right like it's you guys aren't spewing bullshit this is exactly yeah. you, are, you are the good buds uh, and the good buds behind the good buds uh, and we we love what you guys are doing can't wait to get out to salt spring island uh, at some point this decade. Uh, we wish you guys all the best. <laughs> Thanks for making time because I know it's a busy time, of course, uh, both growing and reaching out to retailers. Um, so thank you for your time. Good luck uh, now. Good luck down the road. And we will see you guys in person, hopefully this year. Awesome. Thanks again, Jay. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Our work is made possible with the ongoing support of our official partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.